ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying time is here. That's right, we're still talking Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, North Vancouver, on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal Patrick Hamilton coming to you once again from Camp Crystal Lake, the mouth of New York City's harbor. And this is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We will be unpacking all the gory details of Friday the 13th Part 8 in the hopes that a Lakeview High's graduate's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes we can make about them. Oh, teenagers. This is the first time we've ever had to deal with teenagers, and it's the worst. Hey, folks, it's the Kill by Kill podcast, and normally I would be introducing the only person that I trust to help me on this naval voyage. But unfortunately, and I am deeply saddened by this, Gina Radcliffe is unable to join us for this episode. It, listen, I'm as sad, mad, and upset about it as you are, but the good news is that we are not alone. We have two excellent guests to help us make our way through this arduous uh, journey across a lake. <laughs> if such a thing is possible... Our guests for this podcast, you might know them from their own show, which is dedicated to watching every modern film adaptation of a Jane Austen novel, regardless of budget or taste. From Excessively Diverted, it's Bo North and Sammy Campbell. How are you doing, ladies? Hello, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. So glad to be here at Camp Crystal Lake. It's a little chilly. <laughs> yeah, for a June, it's it's a little uh, on the uh, nippy side, as they say. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of heavy sweater work going on here. <laughs> Lots of chunky uh, knits. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, there's a lot of layers going on, and and, and insanely high waisted pants. So both of you are very steeped in what are modern adaptations of classical things. And I know Sammy had mentioned a few times, oh, I'd like to be on the show. And I kept saying to her, you're you're booked. You just don't know it. <laughs> and I was saving you for this movie because, stay with me here, we have a situation that I feel is some sort of Paramount executive's idea of adapting a classic. We have... <laughs> A young woman who is haunted by her past, and she is lorded over by a caretaker, which is kind, which is her uncle. So there's a, a weird family dynamic, and then so, you have an introduction of uh, of another mentor, and they're struggling between the two. And there's a, a romance no one wants to happen. What I'm telling you is, I I, I think they thought this was some sort of. Um, classical novel adaptation and <laughs> um this is mansfield park which which you've just described uh-huh. <laughs> yeah yeah okay. so so i like this i like this uh where we're taking this um i hate this heroine as much as i hate Price. <laughs> yeah and the hero is just as bland as your everyday edmund bertram so this is actually works out really well patrick you are inspired an inspired choice. Our final girl 
is um, supposedly possessed of a talent that no one wants her to uh, exhibit. And we're certainly, none of it is ever demonstrated. She's just uh, a human flesh bag with hair. There's With amazing hair, though. The hair is incredible. So much of it. It's piled on top of there. In fact, everyone has an excessive amount of hair, mm-hmm. as if they were, were fed some sort of secret hair-growing formula just before <laughs> coming on set. Everyone who ever worked on hair headbangers balls kind of like, wow, their hair yeah. game is on point over there on the Paramount yeah. lot. Yeah, the hair is really notable. Uh, last night when Bo and I watched this together, we were just like, so many times we're just like, okay, okay, but the hair right now is so good. <laughs> I mean, that is a quality perm. The people who have straight hair, it's uh, blown back from their faces if they've just gotten off a roller coaster. <laughs> and those with curly hair, it's just piled on top as if it's a, an overflowing bottle of champagne. It's just, <laughs> it's incredible how much hair is going on here. Before we get too far into it, of course, let's do a bit of housekeeping uh, we have a tradition here at the Kill by Kill podcast. We always want to know from our guests, where was the first place and film that they encountered the Friday the 13th franchise? Uh, why don't we start with uh, you, Bo, first? Uh, well, funny enough, I didn't come into Friday the 13th until I was in my 20s. I, uh, of course, cut my teeth on Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, kind of your darker horror movies like Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby and The Shining. My pet, my dad is a big horror fan and I kind of grew up watching horror and um, Tales from the Dark Side was like a weekly tradition to sit down and watch that. So I, I kind of came into adulthood having somehow never seen any of these and funny enough it was my ex-husband that got me to watch the first uh the first friday the 13th movie and um we watched all we watched the first one i was like is there more <laughs> you were surprised at the bounty that oh you yeah called down no not surprised it's just just because you know growing up in the 80s it's you sort of have this peripheral awareness that oh there's a new jason movie out and, you know jason's a big halloween costume and yeah, you know, but it somehow had never had managed to scrape by all those years and never see a single Friday the Thirteenth movie until I was, I would say, twenty two. I, I, you know, I think it's one of those things that uh, people assume they might have seen at some point because right, it's it's so uh, steeped in our pop culture ephemera. It's, it's right how it seems to go. Uh, Sammy, how about you? Well, Patrick and listeners, I am about to break your little hearts. I am so sorry. But I came to the this franchise a little over a year ago uh, <laughs> by going to a B-movie bingo event um, mm-hmm. here in uh, Portland, Oregon. It's a great uh, a great thing that happens at the Hollywood Theater where they show a B-movie and there's a bingo card that has tropes on it. And you, as they happen in the movie, you cross off the tropes. Um, it's a really fun event, and I went to one that was showing Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, <laughs> and that was my first Friday the 13th movie. Uh, this is my third time seeing it, and it's the only Friday the 13th movie I have ever seen. <laughs> if this is as much uh, that you want to dip your toe into this world 
that's okay. I fully intend on watching the earlier ones, uh, but this is one of my favorite bad movies. It has quickly become one of my favorite bad movies. I love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I enjoy your enthusiasm because I feared that this might be a slog uh, because the first 10 minutes were so terrifically bad. I, I hadn't seen it in several years and I knew that it wasn't one of the best, but... Oh wow! There's some, <laughs> there are some moments in this that defy the imagination. I, it's not, it's not as sleazy bad as Part Five, but it's its own sort of weirdly clean cut, glammed up '80s version of terrible. Yeah, it's uh, really, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, yeah, it really is. That, it almost feels like an after school special at moments. Um, I, don't, I don't know. There, there's so many things about this movie that are just so crazy. But anyway. <laughs> no. Well, that's what we're here to talk about. We are we are diving into it, so I'm very glad you two are, are here to help us out today. Uh, thank you ever so much. Okay. So, let's get into it. A quick recap. Uh, two people we had never met before and will never meet again uh, got killed on a boat. That's pretty much all the only thing that's happened. Jason uh-huh. Voorhees has been revived this time, not by psychic whammy and not by divine lightning. Just a, 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 an electrical cord dragged along the bottom of a very well-lit lake bottom. And for reasons <laughs> unknown, has now decided, I'm done killing people on land. I, I've done it on a boat, and that's all I want now. So like a person who's just discovered their fetish, he's going to dive in, well, you know, on a boat, uh, into nautical uh, homicide. And so he decides to cruise on up to the local dock in a boat, which brings us to our first question, which is, how the fuck does Jason (laughs) Voorhees know how to drive a boat? You know, this is such a great mental image, and I I don't remember, did they actually show him piloting a boat? Because that, to me, is the funniest thing you could even imagine about this movie. Out of a movie that has such crazy, stupid death, that is the funniest thing. (laughs) Now that you put it into my mind, that's all I can (laughs) see, is him captaining a boat with a little hat. Hat, yeah, yes. I was about to say, what about a little hat? Uh, yeah. you really go well <laughs> with the mask. Dressed like the captain of Captain and Tennille, motoring right. up <laughs> with a giant wheel, like Popeye the fucking sailor man. Uh, so the first thing I noticed is the awesome name of this boat. That they yeah. are going on the good ship Lazarus. <laughs> oh, movie! <laughs> They've ascribed so many different skills to Jason over the years, most of which have been just you know stalking or things you would learn from a raccoon. You know the, the creatures that raised him, but the, him driving a boat is such a, a ripe mental picture. The only thing they we haven't seen him do is make a car do the Tokyo drift. But <laughs> that's, Has that's he only... ice skated? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. I mean, everyone talks about having a, a Jason in the Snow movie. Uh, like it's a Holy Grail. But I mean, that's not a terrible idea. No, there are no terrible ideas when it comes to Friday the 13th <laughs> <No>. movies. 
Because now I'm all excited for Friday the 13th Tokyo Drift. Listen, Toronto it... Drift, Sammy. Get it right. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the budget for Tokyo. No, right? no, no, no. no. Uh, but we don't get... even have the budget for New Jersey. If it gets Han back in the movies, I'm all for it. Because he's my favorite character. So, as we usually do at this point, let's do a quick body count. And let everyone know who's still alive. Everyone. Everyone is still alive in this movie. So many (laughs) people. We meet a cavalcade of human cattle uh, (laughs) just pushed onto screen. And we're instantly told we're supposed to care about them regardless of any sort of content or (laughs) character beats or dialogue that might make us go, oh, that person's nice. We just meet them. So let's... uh, Get it started. Uh, first off, we have our designated final girl, Rennie. I do not know if she is named after Rennie Harlan. I um, thought about that every time her name came up. When he would say, where's Rennie? I'd say, Harlan. It's <laughs> <laughs> like in my head. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a very unique name uh, that I've only ever heard ascribed to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 and Die Hard 2 director, Rennie Harlan. So, <laughs> I... I guess I don't know. It's this is a very weird area because Friday the 13th is not known as a teenage stalker. Right. Teenagers have never been a big part of this franchise. Well, it's been young people, people in their 20s, college age or mm-hmm. older. So for all of a sudden for it to become this high school slasher thing is is supremely odd. So they're they're trying this on, I suppose. Like this is what the kids are into. They they want to see high school kids get killed. <laughs> and so they're they're gonna go like oh, all right. I'll try. So like that awkward, slightly older gentleman who walks into a very hip nightclub. It all <laughs> seems out of place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rennie is a, a young woman that every character in the film is extremely concerned about. Absolutely yeah. everyone we meet has an opinion about her. <laughs> She's either the best student, a girl made of glass and rocks, a bitch <laughs> that will catch you doing coke and not actually say anything about it, but you're pretty sure she will. Everyone has something to say about Rennie, as if she is the... Uh, sun that everyone else's planets uh, orbits at all times. And she's so uninteresting. I mean, she just really, all she does is walk around with a blank look on her face and she has a dog. And that's really, those are the most interesting things you can say about her. Yeah. And well, Rennie, we we're introduced to Rennie by, she's having a discussion with uh, Miss Van Duren, I believe her name mm-hmm. is. Yes. Who we who drives her up to this boat to the dock and you assume is her mother, but it's actually a teacher. It's I don't know. We we can get into that. But then she before she uh, disembarks, she hands uh, Miss Van Duren hands Rennie a box and uh, Rennie's like, oh, you didn't have to get me a present. And she opens it and it is this silver antique fountain pen. <laughs> and she says and Miss Van Duren says. Stephen King used this in high school. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck? I don't know when Stephen King got into a time-traveling DeLorean and happened to pick up this pen. Yeah. <laughs> but kudos to him for doing it. Uh, this is all done to project onto Rennie that she is a brilliant writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, something we almost never see her do. 
we, we are never given an example of her writing, an example of how great a student she is. She is not learned. She is all the, we're just told things about her. She is never given a chance to demonstrate anything. Stuff just happens to her. <laughs> yeah. She never initiates anything. And it is a real letdown for a series, which has had some pretty great female characters in terms of even side characters are, you know, they drive their own stories. And this is one of the first times outside of part five that we just have characters who like, they have a box next to them that says boyfriend, <laughs> bitch, <laughs> side yeah. character, guy who gets hit by fa- in face. Yeah. And they just like, we need, we need to make sure we have 16 speaking parts. Otherwise we can't be classified as a movie. And they (laughs) made sure they showed up to a set in Vancouver. It's. (laughs) Yeah. Renee doesn't even, isn't even articulate. I wouldn't even say like, I try to remember a line she has and she barely has lines. She, she exists. Like the only. She's just there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, light doesn't pass through her, so we know she's real. But outside of that, I kept trying to come up with jokes, but she never exhibits. She gives anything. you nothing. No. Yeah. And I don't believe it's this is actress's fault. Mm-mm. This script and the filmmaker just—they don't care. As a result, you know, we don't get a lot out of of that her relationship to anybody else. She's just this football or or dog toy that everyone keeps yanking on mm. back and forth oh no she's my girlfriend no she's my the ward of the state that i'm in <laughs> charge of no she's my best student <laughs> and she has no agency of her own she doesn't exert herself towards any particular you know person or any particular role she's just Okay, I'm your niece. Okay, I'm your student. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. your girlfriend. Whatever. She doesn't seem to want anything. Uh, she would like to be included. Maybe she wants to be included in the class trip. I don't know if she's being forced into it or not. Because it really does seem to be her teacher's idea that she get on this boat, even though she's supposedly deathly afraid of water. Well, she sure yeah. is excited to hike the 22 stories up to the top of the Empire State Building. I'm sorry, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> the Statue of Liberty. Hike! Yeah. Hike! She's gonna hike to yeah. the top. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you strap on a rucksack right. and you get on <laughs> some quality hiking shoes and you get make sure to bring some carabiners. And you yeah. Don't get forget a granola bar. You, know, you gotta keep your energy up. A walking stick, uh, a bandana <laughs> around your neck. These are all things you need to a hike Sherpa, the Statue possibly. of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. read uh, read wild first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this does not come off as June, uh, which is typically when people graduate high school. And now I I spent some time in in Jersey, so I know that the weather can change you know, on a dime. If you don't like it, just wait five minutes. But (laughs) this seems stormy and rainy and exceedingly cold for when people normally graduate high school. And very mountainous for New Jersey. I I guess there are, but man, those are the rugged peaks of New Jersey. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, the the Rockies of, yeah. of yeah. New Jersey. <laughs> amazing (laughs) (laughs) mountains that we've never seen before in any other friday the 13th movie but then again this film posits that there's a lake that connects to the atlantic ocean and thereby new york harbor that's how it works you know and and that's the other part of the whole jason captaining a boat is that it went from crystal lake to the ocean no problem (laughs) it's like hey guys sorry i you know i'm ready for the senior senior class cruise here (laughs) mrs van dusen or colleen i'm not entirely sure what to call her i'm sure i'll call her many things before this is over uh is not beloved by rennie's caretaker her uncle charles and i don't know i we you sort of get the impression that Charles is a vice principal or principal, but then he's also referred to as a biology teacher later on. Yeah. Yes. So I, I'm not sure if it's one of those, you know, because it's such a small town, they've got like a two room school <laughs> going on. Well, they've only got like five people in their senior class. So that's right. You can... <laughs> Go, going through the yearbook is kind of like everyone would get their own page and it's still a pamphlet. <laughs> and so uh, against orders, Ms. Van Dusen has brought Runny along. Um, and Charles McCullough, uh, who's played by a veteran TV actor whose name escapes me and who fucking cares. We're going to talk about him for the entire movie. Yep. But he might be the worst decision maker ever yeah. in a Friday the 13th movie. It's beyond Friday the 13th disease. That is where people who you would normally know how to do something and in the moment forget, you know, how to walk out of a room or how to run, <laughs> how to open a door. He actively makes terrible decisions throughout the entire movie. Mm. He yells at people that he should be thanking he chews out people that he should be accepting of he is a terrible individual in almost every single way and he cannot pick up on social cues at all there's so much smarm in that package he's like a year's worth of old gawker articles walking around on two legs he is deeply unpleasant yeah yeah Absolutely terrible. And like, and yeah, like Patrick said, uh, Rennie is ostensibly scared of water, but we don't really get to that for like another 20 minutes. It's just like, why is Rennie here? She shouldn't be here. I can't believe you're doing this. You're putting her through this without like the context of Rennie being scared of water. It's just like, she's afraid of things. And then like, (laughs) later she has a conversation with him you know one of her lines of dialogue very few she's like i i just wanted to face my fear because i don't even know what i'm afraid of and i'm sitting there like i don't fucking know what you're afraid of (laughs) rennie can somebody clue me in you know one of the ways she could clear this up is uh if she wrote it down oh (laughs) yeah She did just With get her a nice fancy new, new pen. pen. Yeah. yeah. Like, all, all she needs is some paper, and I'm pretty sure we can come up with this. She's carrying around the world's largest fucking purse. <laughs> yeah. And a and, dog. And a dog. And, and a dog who uh, apparently is psychically connected to her, but also psychically connected to Jason Voorhees. I'm just going to go right. out on a limb and say the dog was absolutely my favorite character in this whole movie. 
It's a good dog. Uh, yeah. It's a great. Hey, that's a good dog. That's a that's a great pupper. Um, and uh, she gives good face. Yes. Or he. I'm not entirely sure. I don't. I don't want. I don't need to put gender on that dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but great eyes for the camera. Um, Rennie is wearing the highest waisted pants that aren't overalls I've ever seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and she's also donning a vest made out of rugs that eventually <laughs> would be used as carpets on every episode of MTV's Unplugged. <laughs> I don't know that there's a well-costumed Friday the 13th until we get to Jason X. They have to go into a fucking spaceship yeah. for people to be dressed appropriately. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of costuming notes that uh, that will continue to come up. There's so much side eye from Charles and everything. Mm-hmm. He's like an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't yeah. know what they're trying to project: menace, <laughs> exasperation, incompetence. He, you know, you're right. Reminds me a lot of uh, the old Archie comics version of the principal. Oh, Mr. And, Weatherby, and, yeah. Yes, um, he's just you take that stuffiness and then you keep stuffing it full of other stuff <laughs> to make it more stuffy. They have this conversation where uh, Colleen goes. Charles says, um, "Listen, I she she doesn't know what she wants." <laughs> and then Colleen goes, well, you know, I don't think that you are the best person to say what she wants. And and this then starts this ongoing theme throughout the rest <laughs> of the film, which is parents being super disappointed in their children. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, the, I think the, the next scene after that conversation is just another one that is like uh, just a banner moment as far as parents being disappointed. <laughs> Uh, with this... Sean and his dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. So Captain Dad. Yeah. Admiral Captain Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Admiral disappointed in you and his... is uh, not uh, super great at raising children. Where <laughs> he is, I, I listen. I, do they have a family business of captaining <laughs> a little bit better than tugboat level boats? <laughs> Uh, Sammy had some really great observations when this uh, exchange came along because she's like, you know what, Dad? I'm on my senior vacation. Maybe yeah. I don't want to captain the boat. Yeah, so uh, so we've got a little bit ahead of it, but basically what happens next is like uh, we meet the captain of the ship, Admiral whatever, and he is um, speaking with his son, Sean, who is a senior on this trip, and he goes, okay, I've got a surprise for you. <laughs> and then he hands him a sextant, and he's like, you're the captain of the ship. <laughs> and Sean is like... Wow, great, Dad, you know? He's like, I'm well, so proud of you. I love you so much. And then he's like, and then he's like, okay, what's your first move? And then Sean decides to set in a course. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I'm so angry that he's gotten the sequence of arbitrary things wrong. Yeah. And instead of going... You know, this is something every parent has to watch out for, that 
your desire to teach your child a lesson doesn't become you yelling at them <laughs> yeah. for getting things wrong because that does, they will never learn a lesson that way. It's the most ridiculous way to teach a child anything is to yell at them for how wrong they are <laughs> and then blow a giant horn whistle. Well, I think yeah, it's so. definitely just based on the the very uncomfortable expression on Engineer Jim's face. He's learning a lot from this exchange about what yeah. not to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, you know, so far the graduation presents have been pretty shitty because one of them has been uh, Stephen King's pen and the other one is uh, you get to captain this boat instead of enjoying your uh, senior trip and then I'm going to berate you because I'm so disappointed in you. Happy graduation, guys. <laughs> I mean, the one advantage that that our our boyfriend character here, Sean, has is that he has a buddy, a blonde surfer guy who stands next to him for the entirety of the scene, never speaks. But he's so encouraging. He is delivering every ounce of emotion in the scene. He reacts to everyone else's lines. He's like, oh, you got a present? It's a box? What's inside the box? What? There's two things inside the box, Sean. He does all this with just his face. Yeah. He's, he's a master. Expressive. He's emotive. And he's he might be my favorite character in this entire movie. <laughs> because he's as expressive as Rennie's dog. Yeah. I think they might be the same character. And they just, he animorphs in between. Can I just say that when the Avril hands Sean his gift he says something old something new yeah. <laughs> that's not weird <laughs> no you get married to your ship after you graduate oh, high school okay, you know okay, okay. that there's an old naval tradition that once you graduate high school your dad gives you presents before you marry the ship that you will eventually captain and that night you make sweet sweet love to it <laughs> In the st- in the boiler room, I, I listen. I don't know all the details. I didn't. I I never went through the process myself. Oh, it's wonderful. Yes. <laughs> that's right. It's a glorious time in a young man's life when he has sex with a giant semi cruise ship. Yeah. Which, what the fuck is this boat? I mean, we'll get it. I'm sure this will be. You'll be discussing this ad nauseum, Patrick. But <laughs> this boat. <laughs> Is Buck Wild. It's not a cruise oh, yeah. ship. Like, I've been on a cruise ship. That is not a cruise ship. No, it's not no. a cruise ship. Uh, but it's not a yacht either. It's not a dinghy. I don't know. What is it? It has many <laughs> layers. We're, we're about to find out. Yes. Cue the Robert Palmer baseline. It's time for a what's on this boat montage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so slap bass away. <laughs> And we get to see it all. There's shuffleboard. There's skeet shooting. There's awkward white people dancing in a disco slash snack bar. It's so weird. It's the weirdest. And why would you give high school students guns to shoot things that make no sense to me? Without any observation whatsoever. one. It'd nope. be one thing if Gopher from the Love Boat is standing next to you while this is happening, but we we see no evidence of we it. We see no fact, staff. That, no, 
No. We see a guy that a, a couple of high school girls try to flirt with <laughs> later on and succeed, fail. I can't tell. Yeah, I um, don't know. It's, it's and then there's the, the janitor guy or whatever who just is like screaming about Jason everywhere. Yeah. That's our crazy Ralph Maritime edition. <laughs> yes. Who becomes freaked out when he watches... The boat that Jim and his girlfriend died on uh, putt-putt into the docks, <laughs> and he becomes... Fr- now, this boat is a ways away. He is on the deck of his own cruise ship tugboat, the SS You-Can't-Do-Anything-Right. <laughs> and But he he senses danger? Is that is that what this like? He's a he's a horse who can tell when the train is coming. I don't. Maybe. He's just very wise. He's he so just kind of looks looks into the sky and is like, "This is a doomed voyage." <laughs> yeah, as far as a harbinger goes, you want to tell people before the ship leaves the fucking dock. Right. Yeah, you can't just run around for the rest of the movie going, "You're all doomed," but. <laughs> Let's stay Question, on Question, why didn't okay? he just get on a lifeboat and take off if that was the case? Like, well, good luck, kids. See ya. He's under the belief that he's immune right. from I'm sorry. Your all The doomed. lifeboat. The one lifeboat on this <laughs> yes. one, this giant ship. There's the one lifeboat. tiny lifeboat yeah. that can hold four people. Yeah. <laughs> and a dog. Good. And a dog uh, who runs away as quickly as it can uh, once it's on shore. So, yeah, th- there's a lot going on here. Uh, before they take off, though, uh, Jason Voorhees decides to pull an American ninja warrior and yank himself up a rope to get on this <laughs> boat, which I, I, I know his purpose is he's a killing machine. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not deluded. I'm not under the belief that Jason's anything more than what he is. He's a, a plot device in which he helps people meet their untimely end. But why does he need to get on this boat? <laughs> Outside of the idea that now that he's killed two people on a boat, he's like, fuck, man. I think I found something that I really like. Oh, yeah, I think we're basically so- like, oh, scope this boat. Like, <laughs> it's like, hey, guys, did you guys see this boat? I'm going to get on it. I'm going to kill some more people. This <laughs> boat, the last boat had two people on it. This boat has, like, more people on it. And they are also, like young and hot so i'm gonna kill those young hot people also i think we're supposed yeah. to believe that he is on this boat with the purpose of killing Granny. like i think that that's oh, yeah. what they're trying it's like he's after her because of their special time together not to get too yeah. far ahead no, she does I, have a I psychic connection is... to this man i guess mm-hmm. This is this is a very weird process, and and over the course of what we're talking about here, it'll be demonstrated several times that they have this sort of like they were always meant to be. He's the Heathcliff <laughs> to her. You know what? I like In that better than Wuthering Heights. <laughs> yeah, be honest. <laughs> way better story. He haunts her, and she's drawn to him. But she's also really disgusted because he's a slimy, um, undead death machine. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he always appears to her as a progressively rotting child. <laughs> yeah. He starts off 
totally normal drowning. You know, your normal drowning <laughs> child. Yeah. Regular child. And then over the course of what we're talking about here, he subtly transforms into the more familiar view of Jason. So uh, as Gina noted in our previous episode, we're led to believe that the deformities we've seen of Jason have everything to do with him lying dead on the floor of Lake uh, Crystal Lake and not anything that occurred previous to Mm. this, which is not canon. And then at one point after Rennie has been uh, tossed off a boat and not accidentally, <laughs> she has a bathroom vision of Jason <laughs> in which he appears to her as some sort of Juwan ghost. <laughs> and I mean that in that he appears to be a small Korean boy. I said yeah. that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is a Japanese horror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he morphs, <laughs> for whatever reason... Into a different child. (laughs) The grudge part never should have (laughs) happened. Well, time jumps all over the place, so I I suppose part of it could have taken place in in Crystal Lake in 1988. Sure, why not? (laughs) So let's get uh, a little bit back into the action. Um, After Sean fails terribly (laughs) at launching this craft... Uh, he then, we meet up with him again as he stares at two people in enormous white socks making out, <laughs> which isn't creepy at all. Yeah. <laughs> and he then meets up with Rennie and we're led to believe that these two have some kind of relationship that requires him to give her a gift. And oh, this, oh boy. <laughs> and he, his warm up to that pitch is... <laughs> Here, I got you something stupid. <laughs> well, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was an accurate representation of what he got her. It's a the cheapest uh, Statue of Liberty pendant anyone has ever purchased from a gift and shop. And she's like and... wetting her pants in excitement over this. She's like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. It's, it's beautiful, Sean. It's is beautiful. It? I love it. Boy, Ooh, you are a good actress. <laughs> uh, yeah, she presents her neck so that he can immediately and awkwardly, it almost looks like he's tying it on instead of yeah. using the clasp. I don't know how, how chains work. Um, and then Charles says, hey, your dad is looking for you. He'd like to yell at you again. Yeah. Then uh, we get the the beginning of Charles berating (laughs) Rennie for coming onto the ship. But we're not going to be there for very long because we then go to spy cam footage. That's right. All of a sudden, (laughs) Friday the 13th Part 8 becomes a found footage movie. Oh, that'd be good. I'd watch it. They tried. (laughs) Well, they they were going. That's what was supposed to be released this very month. And they decided not to. Oh. so they didn't make that movie. Uh, so we then pull up uh, into a very awkward VHS camera footage of our two next characters, JJ and Wayne. Yay! I love JJ and Wayne. 
I I love these yeah. two. If we could spend, they are the only actual <laughs> characters. They are fully formed. I believe JJ entirely. She doesn't have to tell me her backstory for me to know a lot about her. Right. Uh, she's a person made up of three elements: guitar, mm-hmm. uh, neoprene tops, and leather jackets. Uh-huh. And hair that seems to have been crimped and sprayed Amazing. until it's a helmet. It's so good. Like, yeah, it's it's like she beat up everyone on a Motley Crew uh, video crew and was like, "Give me all of your hair," yeah, and like <laughs> soaked up their essence, yeah, and then just put it on her head. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. It's so good. I can't overemphasize how good JJ's hair is. Yeah, we it, with us and JJ, it was pretty much love at first sight. <laughs> we, and, and then, you know, I, I believe one of our first lines is something about, you know, I'm going to take my axe downstairs. And I'm just like, oh, honey, don't call it an axe. Don't you know what movie you're in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but basically, Wayne and JJ are friends. Wayne is the video guy. JJ is a musician. A rocker. She is a rock star. She has a cool, uh, you know, flying V uh, guitar that she is, yep, that she is jamming out on. It matches her shirt. She's wearing a leather jacket. She's, like, making fun of Wayne for being into the popular girl. She's amazing. <laughs> We love JJ. <laughs> there's there's nothing not to love. I wish JJ was the final girl. I wish we could spend Me the too. entire movie with her. Uh, she And why Wayne is immune to... Uh, maybe it's one of those things where they're your best friend and you don't realize it and you're stupid in high school. But these two were... I don't know. JJ could do better than Wayne. Mm-hmm. Let's put that. This is out a there. clear-cut case of some kind of wonderful happening here. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is some kind of wonderful um, situation, and uh, unfortunately, cut short by Jason. But uh, <laughs> but you know, Wayne needs to wake the fuck up because JJ is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, God, she's the best. Uh, she's got fingerless gloves. Oh, she's so cool. She can actually play that guitar. Yep. She's actually playing those notes. Yeah. Whether or not she just learned those specific songs, I couldn't tell you, but she's fucking awesome. Yeah, we love we Wayne, love her. meanwhile, is has, seems to have been transported from 1992. <laughs> if you want to know how I was dressing in 1992, Wayne, just without that amount of hair. I could never grow that amount of hair. Yeah, Wayne's really excited for season two of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the clothes have kind of a real, like, color me bad on their day off kind of thing going on. <laughs> A cash color right. band. Oh my god! Like all he's yeah, missing I... is like the little chain thing that goes at the top of the collar where you button it. You know, that's like, true. That's all that's missing. <laughs> well, that's for that's formal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sadly, they never got around to the formal on this trip. <laughs> the formal color no. we had. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, JJ would like one thing. She would like Wayne to come down to the bowels of the ship and film her yeah. uh, rocking out on the guitar. <laughs> the acoustics in there are amazing. <laughs> yep. Um, but Wayne has other plans. He has been conscripted 
to make a uh, he's he's creating he's, graft. I yeah, don't know. he's performing some kind of sting uh, right. operation yeah. with the most popular girl in school. She has a very designated scam that she's going mm. to uh, perform later on, and she needs Wayne's camera talents for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they don't ever really talk about it ahead of time. We're not privy to that. And the timing of it is very suspicious. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get to that. Uh, JJ tells him he's acting like an asshole. And he's like, yeah, but my penis says this is what I want to do. So I'm going to do it. Uh, yeah. So very accurate. Yeah. It's, this is the realest <laughs> moment in the entire movie. There's a great exchange between them where, where she's like, Tamara's a jerk. Like, why are you hanging out with her? And he's like, she's sexy. And JJ goes, this guitar is sexy. <laughs> and he's like, whatever. And then she like rolls her eyes and just goes down to the, the bowels of the ship. I love, I love JJ. Gone too soon. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, she is totes awesome. Uh, she also knows her way around the ship. Yep. She does not have to be told. She doesn't follow any sign. She just immediately knows. Oh, where would uh, where would Freddy Krueger? <laughs> I know where to go. <laughs> and Friday the Thirteenth is not afraid. They don't care that they're parading on someone else's territory. No. They just need to isolate her <laughs> in the place no one else is in, and and murder well, her. Well, someone's there. in there. Um, eventually, it's dark. It's dank, and. We see her rocking out. Now, is that some sort of karaoke machine that she's using? I mean, using? that little amp, it's so small, <laughs> and you know it would sound so tinny. But it's just yeah. like it comes out like, you know, it's yeah. like amazing sound. Yeah, she has some kind of like cassette that has everything but guitar on the track. <laughs> <laughs> so that she can guitar karaoke along with it. Uh, it's very good. It seems like a yeah, good yeah. activity. Um, she's playing Guitar Hero like way before Guitar Hero. She refers to the space as aching for a video. Yeah. Which yeah. Is it's so beautiful. Phraseology it's I've so never poetic. heard. Uh, We see uh, somewhere in between uh, when she was on the deck and down below, she's applied a lot more pink rouge. (laughs) Yes. Man, I'm telling you, she is dial MTV ready. I mean, she knows Uh, how to color coordinate. She really does. Uh, And then Jason (laughs) descends upon her in the loudest way possible. (laughs) Jason's like, stomping down metal stairs behind her, like directly behind her. And this is not so much tap dancing as it is pounding your feet <laughs> on stairs. Like a child having a tantrum. He's just very insistent. Um, Crazy Ralph Maritime Edition happens to hear this, reports it to no one. And this is the first instance in this movie of something that is just fucking egregious. Now we've talked about uh, Jason's ability to uh, bamf. He's a fucking ex. Yeah, he's totally teleporting all over this movie. This movie is so much worse than anything else. The The other films could almost be explained. But here, they go out of their way <laughs> to give you the impression that Jason Voorhees can teleport because there's no other explanation for his ability 
to transcend time and space like his hockey mask is a TARDIS. <laughs> right. Because like because to JJ's credit, she is one of one of the few characters in this movie who sees Jason and runs instead of yes. like just standing there waiting for him to kill them. And saying, No, no. Yeah. So she starts running, leaves behind her guitar and you know is going is going in an opposite direction and then he's in front of her holding her guitar in like bam a second yeah, yeah. he went he goes from stomping to all of a sudden being black fucking widow <laughs> yeah. and dropping a couple you know feet onto the next level and then uh, bashing her with this beautiful sexy guitar uh i'm sorry to see jj yeah i She'll be it's missed. a real tragedy, uh, but at least she died doing what she loved. Running, R- from running from a madman. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was killed with something that loved her and yeah. that she loved, and so you know that's uh, that's some comfort. I don't know. <laughs> we get a bit of blood splatter later on. It's revealed that she has a giant hole in her head, but we're not exactly sure how being bashed in the head with a guitar would leave a puncture hole in your head, but all right, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that the makeup department didn't talk to the director ahead of time. Uh, We, we then, uh, we have the, the first incident of the psychic connection between Jason Voorhees and Rennie. He is walking outside of her (laughs) Her, her, her massive fucking cabin. Everyone has been given the largest oh, suite crazy. on the earth. And she is, I wouldn't say undressing because she's still so clothed that she could she's attend de-layering. church. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> and she then re- She removes her shirt and then puts on a second of that exact same shirt. <laughs> it has a collar. It's slightly yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> but like, in every other respect, it's exactly the same. And her pants are so high waisted that they are they like you don't even see they're past her rib cage. Like they are really, really high waisted, like up to the middle of her back. Mm-hmm. They meet her bra. Yeah. That's how high up <laughs> on her body they are. <clears throat> and uh, she's hair down, Rennie. Um, previous to this, she was writing. Uh, but not actually writing any words that we could see. <laughs> so she's just underlining the fact that she's this mysteriously awesome writer. Sure. And then she stares out a porthole and her dog does the exact same thing <laughs> and has a vision. And that is a pre-drowned Jason pounding on the glass saying, help me. So they're positing that Jason would like to be helped by running? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't... This is very confusing to me. Why did they need to make put a ghost story into the middle of this? I, I, I don't know. It's so weird. And like, Sammy, you were saying last night, just like, what are we supposed to do with this? Are we supposed to feel sorry for Jason? Are we supposed to be like sympathetic towards him but then also scared of him like i don't understand what they're trying to do with this this like drowned child thing yeah because a lot of this like throughout the movie you know not only is there your ah, 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 but there's lots of like 
mommy help me yeah don't let me drown mommy and it's weird like yeah there's a lot of effort put into by this movie of seeing jason as a small child which you know i've said i'm not familiar with the other friday the 13th movies but it doesn't seem like that's exactly the tone that the other movies really take on no this this movie is grafting on this is a, this is a soft reboot of the idea <laughs> yeah, of Jason. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't say it, it's successful. I can't say that it's unsuccessful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like one one or the other movie. Like you want me to you want him to be little kid Jason fine. You want like big hunk of big swole, you know, killer Jason, that's fine too, but like don't try to do both. Uh, we then cut to uh, two more characters. We have Tamara and Kelly Hugh, who would go on to be in X-Men movies and the Scorpion King. Yes. Uh, she's the one person who comes out of this uh, unscathed to the point that she has a career. Every, <laughs> everyone else's career will die um, as a result of appearing in this movie. And uh, they are watching through a skylight you yeah. know, how boats have skylights. Sure. Two guys boxing on a 12 by 12 mat, <laughs> which is not regulation. Um, and there's a crowd of guys all on one side of the mat. And these guys sort of circle one another. And we meet Julius. He's our athlete. He's our jock character. Mm-hmm. And he relentlessly pounds this unnamed person in the head with jabs <laughs> up until the point that person sees the girls up in the skylight and grins like a fucking idiot and gets knocked out as a result. <laughs> and then Julia stares at him and is like, you see what I did? You see how I sucker punched that guy? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> they don't seem to mind that at all. No, yeah. that is a turn on for them. They like cruelty. They're like, wow, he's so violent and cruel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a turn on for Tamara. Yeah. This is her bag. Um, we have now picked up a new late in the series trope for Friday the 13th. In the previous film, we had Melissa. She was our first mean girl character. And obviously Ooh. someone at Paramount was like, oh my God, that's a great idea. <laughs> We need another Mean Girl character. And so they came up with Tamara, who is dressed like she is the love interest in... A White Snake video? <laughs> a White Snake video? Sure. Yeah. She is draped in weird gold costume jewelry. <laughs> and yeah, she looks... Her hair is done almost to the point where an air cannon went off in her face and then they aqua-dented her. Yeah. And uh, um, and her friend uh, who's with her is wearing backwards suspenders. Um, yes, crossed across crossed the boobs. across the boobs, which is not how she, you wear suspenders. That's no. never. I I came of age in this time, so I would remember if we ever wore suspenders in that fashion, and we did not. <laughs> Bo, what you don't know is that Kelly is the third member of Chris Cross. Oh. <laughs> how silly so of me. She, she wears everything uh, backwards <laughs> as a statement. Uh, she is not one of those silly little fads like another bad creation. She's her own thing. Uh, she is New Jack swinging it all over the place. <laughs> it's good. It's really uh, good. 
That looks so <laughs> comfortable. Yeah, it looks great. He really does. And she's not flat chested, so I'm just like, that's not. That's not the best way to no. uh, to display or treat the girls, to be honest. No, and it's also not the best way to hold up your pants. It's another bad creation. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'll go on record with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, they I love this. They they love watching cruelty. They think well. I mean, Tamara does. I, I don't get a lot of... Let's put it this way for Kelly Hughes' character. She's not projecting a lot of confidence when it comes to, yeah, boys, I like penises. Right. They're the things that I want. It's We're really getting the vibes here. That Kelly is much more into Mara, Tamara. Yeah. And listen... I don't blame her. Uh, you know, everyone likes a terrible person yeah. in high school. You fall under the sway. You know, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. Everyone tells her she's the most hottest girl in school. And, so. I mean, to be fair, she is fairly hot. So, yeah, I mean, if she could make it in a white snake video, yeah. she's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> uh, Kelly is not only using those suspenders, it's not the only method to hold up her pants. She's also wearing an additional belt. <laughs> yeah. So she's very well hemmed <laughs> in. Uh, they they unsuccessfully flirt with the deckhand, uh, who we do not see again for a long time. Right. Uh, we then cut to Uncle Charles berating Wayne <laughs> and his future prospects. And uh, Uncle Charles is looking for Rennie because senior predictions started five minutes what? ago. Who um, does my that? My question... T- what it the, what the fuck is senior predictions? Does any do either of you two know I, what that? I is? mean, we did something. We did something like that, like the day before graduation. There's like a big assembly kind of thing, and it's supposed to be funny, you know. But it, it's it's not something that we would do like on the senior trip. Like on the senior trip, you're graduated, you're done, you're just there to drink when you're too young to be drinking. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I have no clue what senior predictions are, but, uh... It's where you're, like, your classmates, like, come to a consensus, like, they write a prediction about oh. what you'll be, like, how your life is going to go. You're gonna end up, uh, Sammy, you'll end up writing for a newspaper in Des Moines, Iowa, or something. Got some, it, got it. Something horrible like that, so... <laughs> got it. <laughs> Well, that's fun. But... No offense to journalists in Des Moines, <laughs> no, Iowa. Sure. I'm sure that you're doing a great job. <laughs> but like my uh, my question is is like if senior predictions started five minutes ago, is anyone attending? Because we've got all these dudes watching and participating in boxing. We've got Tamara and Kelly like you know fucking around up on the deck. We've got Wayne being a creep, you know, creeping. <laughs> JJ's dead. Sean is probably getting yelled at and verbally abused by his admiral father. Right. So is anyone participating in senior predictions or... I'm I'm beginning to think that senior predictions are Charles and Rennie sitting in a room (laughs) and Charles telling her, you're never going to go anywhere. You're afraid of everything. Yeah. I mean, that sounds so plausible for that character, though. And and she would just... And Rennie would just take it. She'd be like, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only what other people say yeah. I am. 
we then come cut back to uh, Tamara and Kelly Hugh, whose character's name I'm going to have to learn eventually, but it won't be today. <laughs> and uh, they're uh, the only, the second time in uh, Friday the 13th franchise history where we see cocaine. Mm-hmm. This also happened in part five. So my new working theory is that when cocaine enters your Friday the 13th movie, it sucks. <laughs> They're very bad at snorting cocaine, yeah. is the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know how to hold it. Uh, I don't believe it. It's it's like they watch somebody do it on Miami Vice. Yeah. Meanwhile, Rennie's looking for her dog. And it, Jason does this a couple different times in this section of the movie, where he sees somebody go by and goes, uh, I won't kill that person. I'm going to search for a different person to kill. <laughs> yeah. That's not how Jason Voorhees works. <laughs> it's like they don't understand how Jason Voorhees works. It's really, really weird. It's a yeah. new me. Yeah, he's turning over a new leaf. He's The electric shock really, you know, made him, like, he was like, how do I live my best life? Yeah. <laughs> Be more boat, selective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're all trapped there, I suppose. So it's his buffet. Yeah, he can just he, take his time. He'll get around to yeah. them eventually. Uh, Charles walks in on Tamara and Kelly Hugh uh, doing cocaine uh, and then tells Tamara, hey, you owe me that uh, science project. Okay. So present it to me on a fucking no. boat. She's graduated. Exactly. <laughs> like, they would not let you go on this trip if you were not graduated. And who, who does homework? On a boat. Uh, the only reason for it to happen is the setup for the scam that they're going to do later on. But there's just other ways to do it. I mean, he could say, you're in trouble, you're confined to your cabin, and I'm going to make sure you're there in X amount of minutes. Right. And that that would be it. I Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Fucking in the meantime, we cut back to the dude who got his face pummeled mm-hmm. um, by Julius. Uh, he is taking a schwitz. This 35-year-old <laughs> high school student? Yes. <laughs> Jason saunters up killer POV style and grams a hot rock <laughs> in his cold, clammy, waterlogged hands. <laughs> and in the meantime, this guy is carrying on a conversation with a towel over his face. Yes. And yeah. he's like, oh, Assuming- hey, Julius. <laughs> Why does he assume that it's Julius? Okay, I have a theory Um, about this. I think that these two probably have done fights before, and maybe they Mm -hmm. have, like, an after-fight ritual that Mm -hmm. they, like, take a steam together. That that is a perfectly (laughs) rational explanation. (laughs) I don't know. Um... He also, but he also says no hard feelings, as if he won, but he he, didn't win. Yeah, no, he got he got knocked out in the face. (laughs) So is he saying I have no hard feelings about being knocked out in the face? And if so, he needs to phrase that better. But he might have a concussion. So (laughs) there's that. Uh, We later learn that Julius has is undefeated in high school boxing, which is not a thing. Yeah, I've never heard of that. No, but, you know, I, maybe no, New only... Jersey is more progressive than where I'm from. And New Jersey is the only place I had ever been to um, where you literally cross the train tracks and you're at the bad part of town. <laughs> I just thought that was uh, a colloquialism <laughs> until I saw it. 
<laughs> and secondly, it's the only place I'd ever seen where if two couples are on a date, the girls sit in the back seat. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why is that a thing? Why would you want to sit and talk to the person you're on the date with, not the, the greasy loser that I could talk to at school all the time? That is really weird. That is very weird. <laughs> yeah, so whatever. He... Jason walks into the room and shoves a hot rock in the this guy's chest. This was amazing. I <laughs> laughed so much watching this because not only does Jason shove a hot rock into this guy's like stomach into his abdominal cavity, but everything inside of him catches fire from the heat of this rock. It is amazing. Yeah. As and- the rock is going in, there is there are literal flames. Coming up from his gut, and then later when they pan out, the rock is in the center of his chest. So then you're like, "What happened?" And there's <laughs> blood like pouring. But I'm like, if it if everything caught on fire, wouldn't it be charred? Wouldn't there be like some yeah. cauterization mm-hmm. happening there? But no, it's just it, it's so great. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's not the makeup department's finest moment. No. I don't know if it was a difference between an insert shot or they reshot it to make it look less grisly because it's an MPAA thing. <laughs> Who's to say? We'll never really know for sure. But, you know, R.I.P.D., rando dude <laughs> yep. who got bludgeoned. Did we, we, ever even knew, we never even knew his name. No, we don't need to know his name. He doesn't have a character. Death by Hot Characters Rock. in this movie don't have character. Hot Rock. Hot Rock recipient. Hot Rock recipient. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, my One of my favorite things about that sequence is this is a, yet another time in this movie where we see Jason work really hard at inserting a deadly object into somebody else <laughs> to the point where you're like, Oh, this is for a movie that is ostensibly always sexual. This is we're now getting into a really weird. We're we're seeing him struggle to do this. I know I'm supposed to, but it doesn't feel right anymore. (laughs) Yeah, he's it's getting a little long in the tooth. Yes, and he thought like on a boat, like this is gonna reawaken my love. Uh, yeah, yeah. So needs a little bit more counseling before it's gonna work out. <laughs> He's just become like it's just like habit now. He just does it out of habit, right? It's muscle yeah. memory. Like he just does it because it's what really everyone expects, you know. And no one initiates but Jason. So yeah, <laughs> he has to do all the work. <laughs> well, I, I think I wonder if this is the direct result of what happened in part seven, where he finally met somebody. Who could give as good as he uh, could give mm-hmm. in a psychic opponent? Mm. Uh, now, Tina is able to make his brain explode, is able to squirt gasoline on him, can smash him in the face with lights. That sounds amazing. And the whole time, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, compared to this, <laughs> it's fucking Godfather 2. <laughs> Compared to most movies you're going to see, it's like, it's all right. (laughs) In that sequence, it's like, he's constantly amazed. I know some people have described it recently on an episode of Shockwaves. Someone described it as fear. I I don't believe it's fear on his face. I think it's 
amazement. Like, <gasps> I I always dreamed it could happen to me <laughs> that someone would want to kill me as much as I can kill them. It's a real Hannibal Will Graham kind of vibe. You nailed yeah. it, Norse. <laughs> uh, so now after that, now that that, lo- that opportunity for love and fulfillment is gone, he's trying to, you know, replace that void with getting on a boat. It's isolated. Uh-huh. Like, this isn't the normal place I kill people. Maybe it'll be a thrilling. <laughs> and it's just not quite happening yeah. to the way it used to. When he was young, uh, be- before he was trapped on the bottom of a lake. But I appreciate like, his inventiveness, at least, in this uh, rock, you know? Because, like, you, you see a hot rock and you're like, oh, he's going to bludgeon that guy with it. But no, he shoves it into his guts. Yeah. yeah. By hand. He's, it's pretty impressive. He's the Jackie Chan of serial killers. <laughs> he uses what's in front of him as a weapon. He's the dumbest fucking MacGyver ever. <laughs> Uh, cut to the top of the boat, and Colleen and Rennie are having a very heartfelt conversation about how Rennie needs to decide what the fuck she wants in life. <laughs> Colleen, sick of this shit. Pull it together. <laughs> decide what I've decided for you, not your uncle. I've decided that you're going to do this other thing. And Rennie's like, I don't know. I've never made a decision before, and I'm not going to start now. How does she get dressed and- in the morning? Oh, I think I know. She just wears all of her clothes at once. (laughs) She dives into her closet and spins around and whatever's still attached to her when she emerges, she puts on. Oh, God, she sucks. (laughs) Uh, And it's during this in-depth conversation that Tamara in dick fingers, accidentally pushes Rennie overboard uh, next to the one section of this deck that has no railing, which is should not be allowed on a ship. By the way, the boat has stopped. Yeah. yeah. For some Conveniently reason. for everyone. Yeah. The boat is not moving when this happens. Uh, so it's not much of an ocean journey if you stopped in the middle of the ocean. Uh, somehow that doesn't feel realistic. Uh, and of course, Rennie goes into the ocean. We meet Jason yet again, seeking her help psychically. Uh, Colleen throws over a, a life ringy dingy thing. Yeah. What is that called? Life Lifesaver. I, I yeah. like a uh, life ringy ding ding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's canon now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, I I have a merit badge in sailing. I know all about boats. That's very good. But she completely uh, fails at even catching that. She just kind of flops around, and I think Sean doesn't he jump into the water yeah. and, and saves her. Thank God they're all wearing so many clothes <laughs> that I assume that she's weighed down in one spot because of all of that clothing. Sean does the proactive thing. We actually see him do something. So congrats to the screenwriter. <laughs> you made a character do something. Wow. <laughs> He rescues her from her watery grave and Jason's, and they both go up a rickety wood ladder. And this is where everyone starts telling Sean, the guy who just rescued a girl from the icy cold waters of whatever body of of water they're in, go get me some towels. Get away from... No one says thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No one says 
That's it. Oh, my God. Thank goodness you were here and you proactively fucking did something while we stood around. And was like, hey, go get us some towels. Yeah. He needs some towels. Send the two people who aren't doing anything to go get some fucking towels. This is a pattern of behavior with Charles that will continue through the whole movie. Not agree with anything. How dare you save her life? Go get away from her. I mean, this is like the whole movie. This is his character. Yeah, it, it, in Charles's world, no one ever looks at Rennie. No one talks to Rennie. Rennie doesn't do anything. She doesn't go anywhere. Nobody says words about or around Rennie. And, you know, she just needs to go into a closet and be quiet for him to be happy, I think. <laughs> yeah. She's Mr. Glass from Unbreakable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once Colleen sends Sean away, the man who rescued... <laughs> person from the ocean's depths <laughs> to go get towels she cradles ready in her arms and says want to talk about it <laughs> what, <laughs> what? You wanna, what, what why what, what, what are we having <laughs> there's no, no better time for a heart to heart than a near-death experience do you want to talk about oh, it? Oh God! <laughs> she she didn't just have sex for the first time. <laughs> she almost drowned. <laughs> oh my Colleen God! Colleen is a weird character. Like I think we're supposed to like her, but I just don't. Well, and that no. relationship is mad and appropriate, right? Like yeah. that's one of her teachers, and she's like, "Go on this senior trip." Here's this boy you like. Uh, do you want to talk about this near-death experience you just had? It's like, back off, lady. You're her te- like you're just her English teacher or whatever, some kind of teacher. It's, I like, don't know. Give her some damn space. It's, it's like she's trying to live through her. Yes. And she's as manipulative as Charles is. And the only excuse Charles has is that Rennie is a blood relative and he's court mandated to care for mm-hmm. her she's just this rando who knows her through schools like i'm gonna tell you how to get away from that charles and then you're gonna do everything i say <laughs> instead of everything he says yeah. oh god it's they're weird. all terrible yeah. it's super weird <laughs> it's such an odd decision for a friday the 13th movie to have this custodial struggle yeah. like kramer versus, versus kramer, kramer versus, versus jason Voorhees. <laughs> oh god <laughs> she also says have you ever considered like swimming lessons and rennie responds well it's not that simple so are we now led to believe that whenever rennie is near water jason is summoned <laughs> Oh God! Like it's that. How does she shower? I don't know. What she she do in the bath? What happens when it rains outside? (laughs) It's it's so weird. (laughs) So she she like did the ice bucket challenge. Jason was like, "Whoa, help me!" In the middle of it, she does the ice bucket challenge, and it's like, "Mommy, don't let me drown." (laughs) I'll ignore him. Is he in every cup of water she's delivered at a restaurant? I mean, you would think at that point that she's just, like, become accustomed to it or whatever. It, you know, she can kind of, like, brush it off as, like, oh, that's just my weird neuroses. Yeah. 
alive. I'm just haunted by this drowned boy who I've never chose. I've, I've n- never made any effort to decide I mean, why this is happening to you me. You can't get to 18 years old without have with like no interaction with water. Right. This <laughs> is like it's so stupid. Ostensibly, since this incident, she's been seeing Jason, and he's been haunting her every time he's. You know, she's in a body of water or near a body of water. So she'd be used to it by now, right? Like, she'd be like, oh, there's that weird wet kid that's like, help me. (laughs) I can only think about it in terms of of my life. Now, my dog is very well trained. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, he will not signal that he needs to poop before he just does it. Right. Like his body says, I got to get rid of this right now. So the time that we were walking along a Hollywood Boulevard and he just behind me stopped and started taking a crap on the star of Frank Sinatra. (laughs) That was a genuine surprise to me. Now, I pick up my dog's crap every single day. That's not a surprise to me. It's just sometimes the circumstances are different. And that's the only thing I can equate it to, honestly. That makes sense. Thank you. Thank you for that lovely analogy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Great anecdote. Renny then uh, is so uh, rattled by this experience that she instantly dries off (laughs) with those two towels that Sean brought to her. Goes into a bathroom to wash her hands because what she needs right now is more contact Mm -hmm. with water. This summons the Asian ghost version of Jason Voorhees, who's covered in goo. So now let's cut to Tamara and Charles. Oh boy. Um, Charles has come to Tamara's room for this mysterious after graduation <laughs> science project. Okay. He came to our room yeah. alone. Like didn't mm-hmm. bring another teacher or someone there to like make it not inappropriate. Didn't meet. There are no other teachers yeah. outside yeah. of Colleen yeah. and she doesn't want to spend any time with him. So. They could have met on the deck. They could have met at the snack bar. They could have met at the shuffleboard. You know, there are yes. many pla- like public spaces they could discuss yeah. her project. But no, he's like I meet me in your cabin in 15 minutes so we can go over your project. So fucking like, creepy. What? Yeah. Are you doing? That's on him yeah. first. Yeah, he is not thinking this through yes. at all. When he walks into the room, there's a lot of red flags that immediately go off. Yes. He instantly sees that this recent high school graduate is dressed in nothing but a robe with champagne. She looks like she's just come off the set of Dynasty. (laughs) (laughs) And that to me says, okay, meet me upstairs in the captain's court, like somewhere where other people are around. Appropriately dressed. Appropriately dressed and we will discuss it there. And you just walk the fuck out. Yeah, just leave. Just leave. Don't. It ain't worth it, dude. No, but he is such a fucking busybody that he decides he can control the situation just like he controls Rennie. He's got a very low opinion of almost everyone, <laughs> but in particular women. So this might be his, you know, Achilles heel here. He's like, I have the weight of the patriarchy and I'm just going to barrel through this situation <laughs> and you're going to listen to me. And Tamara. I won't say deftly, uses this against him. Quite bluntly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
and eventually reveals that her biology project is that by herself, or she has conscripted someone that we do not see, <laughs> has written on her own body, her gestational tract, and a heart, and a couple of arrows. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is like D plus work. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> this is not going to help you. Gra- this, 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 I'm sorry. This is not the kind of work that's going to get you a passing grade in that class. <laughs> I'm really surprised could, he didn't say, turn around, let me make sure you got like the liver and the kidneys in the right place. <laughs> Where's the spleen? And like, I'm here in my black lace underwear. And now I'm going to, d- does she disarm him? To the like, wa- she just like walks up and starts smooching him, and he pulls him onto the bed. Pulls him onto the bed, and he's participating for a good minute. Yeah, if he's struggling, it's not evident. No. <laughs> because he like has his arms around her and is participating in the smooch for a little yes. while, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Young lady, I'm your teacher." Whatever. Yes, but by then it's too late for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he stands there and and gawks at what's going on and saying, like, hey, what are you doing? Like a guest star on Bewitch <laughs> or I Dream of Genie when something crazy happens. Like, oh, 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 what? And she just like, hey, uh this is this is my project. I I, I doodled on myself. <laughs> And now I'm going to put my body adjacent to your body. Um, and he tries not to grit. His his idea of resisting this is not using his hands. Yeah, right. Allows it to happen. Such a strong man. Yes. <laughs> Moral. Uh, she's, she's really using her leg to rub his crotch. Yeah. I guess Ugh. that's... Uh, Yikes. Man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's gross. Yeah, it's real gross. To the max. Um, but Wayne manages to capture part of this on a, a very large VHS tape. <laughs> it's, it's like it's extra large or something. <laughs> and uh, instead of just grabbing that camera and videotape instantly, he points at it. <laughs> when he looks back at this as he's dying later on, he's going to say, oh, I could have done this better. <laughs> Every part of this is... A bad decision making. I don't know. A bad decision making. I don't think he will, honestly, because he's just the type of character that uh, would only see where other people went wrong and how they <laughs> wronged him. I, I don't see him ever being repentant or or um, seeing his own mistakes ever. No, if he were to live, I see a giant non-apology apology coming. Out oh yeah. Uh, Wayne awkwardly tries to hit on Tamara and. You can tell instantly that's not going to happen. <laughs> and I won't say that she lets him down easy. I'll just say that she quickly escorts him out of the room and he doesn't object. So, again, I guess I'm Team Wayne on this. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> at least he doesn't have a fuckboy reaction and go, well, I'm owed this because I have a penis right. and I'm in the room with you. So... Again, like, I get Team Wayne. Yeah. Like, he's got bad taste. Because, I mean, he leaves the and, room and, and all of that happens and he goes, he takes a moment and he goes, Wayne, you're an asshole. Yeah. And I, in that moment, I think last night while I was watching it with Bo, I was like, 
you know, we're all that asshole sometimes. <laughs> yeah. We're all it, women. It's a very it's relatable us. moment. <laughs> uh, I mean, he won my yeah. heart by never, by not once saying, but I'm a nice guy. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's just like, well, fuck me then. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a swing and a miss. And he's like, eh. I'll try better next time. Right. And you're like, okay. <laughs> All right. This is finally someone who's rejected in a Friday the 13th movie acts appropriately. <laughs> Slow clap for Wayne. Um, Jason, you know, just watches him walk away and going, huh, never seen that before. <laughs> He lets him go because, you know, good on you, dude. Yeah. Like, hey, it's like, oh, good job. I, for once, someone doesn't act like an asshole. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. And, and immediately hones in on Tamara. Uh, she watches him enter her room and then she s- tries to close the door carefully and listen. Now, I can see doing that with. Uh, you know, like a high school boy and you're just trying to have like, maybe if I close this door and lock it, he'll just go away. Mm-hmm. But this guy is a wet zombie with a hockey mask <laughs> on. Start screaming. Yeah. Right. Start screaming immediately. Right. This is nuts that she tries to <laughs> outlast him hiding behind a hollow door on a ship. Yeah, she's like, well, I just got out of the shower. There's a creepy guy there. I'm going to close the door because he definitely didn't come in expecting there to be a person, you know, like... <laughs> it's just... He'll only examine one room and yeah, then Yeah, he, right. he won't open the door in this, like, in the ship's cabin, which has an ensuite bathroom, you know. <laughs> so... I love... Hey... Man. Yeah. High oh, quality. I just, I just fell in love a little bit, Sammy. En suite. <laughs> Perfecto. This bathroom, uh, by the way, is the only part of the ship that looks like it belongs on the ship. Yeah. Like, it is the only part that it was like, oh, yeah, I believe that that's a ship. Yeah. yeah. Everything it's else. Gross. Lo- it- <laughs> yeah, it's like dingy and gross and ship-like. Yeah. Yeah, she should be wearing shower shoes. <laughs> Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Uh, we, he, this is the only surprise scare in the entire movie. He, he bursts his hand through the door because, uh, again, Jason Voorhees hates entryways. <laughs> he loves to burst through He's doors. He's all about shortcuts. He's like, man, fuck yes. this door in particular. Yeah, he does not like it. He throws Tamara's stunt woman double into a mirror. Uh, she performs the stunt naked. Good on her. That's hard to do. Uh, this is the only well-directed action sequence in the entire thing. So round of applause. Uh, and then she cowers in a corner, screaming, covering herself up, herself up with a towel. Uh, Jason then... Picks through the broken glass. Mm-hmm. Casually. Mm. I mean, this takes fucking forever. And she's just sitting there the whole yeah, time. I mean, she like, can just run waiting. Yeah. Easily. Run. Yeah. Run your ass out of the room. She is closer to the like, door than he is. Yes. And he's obviously distracted, looking at himself in shattered glass. <laughs> like, you know, 
you might not be successful, but it, you'd get a lot more by attempting to leave the room <laughs> than just crawling up into a corner and making yourself a ball. Uh, he grabs a shard of broken glass and stabs it into her head? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. It's not really really clear. Yeah. Just that yeah. the image uh, when she's later discovered of her with the mirror kind of right under her face like a cocaine mirror is you know very subtle but um you don't really see i i I don't really remember exactly how he applies the glass as it were (laughs) he applies Um, the glass i like that (laughs) (laughs) direct to the floor um so r.i.p.d tomorrow we did not know you very well at all I mean, but hey, you had a terrible biology project, yep. uh, but you successfully made out with a middle-aged man, so. <laughs> when when you're 18 and you look like that, that's a lot, that's really easy to do, so <laughs> it's not really anything that. <laughs> True. It's not really tough. You know? <laughs> but she did it, so. Yeah. Yeah. She made out with more middle-aged men when she was 18 than I did, so yeah. kudos. <laughs> So we then cut to the uh, wheelhouse of the SS. Uh, I thought you would be better at this, son. <laughs> oh, man. This conversation oh, this is scene. so good. Yes! So good. Love the scene. <laughs> so we have Ensign Jim and Captain uh, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Dad asks Ensign Jim, do you have a kid? And he's like, yeah, my son's 19 months old. I don't want to hear about anyone's toddler children <laughs> before they're murdered in a Friday the 13th no. movie. I, I just don't want to hear it. The only thing missing from this is Jim Croce in the background. <laughs> <laughs> they're steering towards regret, basically. <laughs> and we're told there's a storm coming. Jason grabs a, a harpoon off the wall because... Most cruise ships uh, that take passengers between Crystal Lake and New York City need harpoons. Uh, I think he's just taken we... to the harpoon. Like, he just really, he's trying it once and he likes it. Jason is <laughs> nautical yeah. now. He is all about, you know, ship life, ocean life. He's just like, he's a man transformed. We then get to see from the outside of the cabin him killing Ensign Jim. Now, what's supposed to be portrayed here is... Ensign Jim is supposed to be killed with this harpoon in the lower back, like in the spine. No, it's in the ass. He gets a harpoon right up the ass. <laughs> That's the way it sure looks in the way they framed it, that he is totally getting pegged by this harpoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason Voorhees, which, hey, listen, we all experience pleasure in different ways. I'm no, not going to yuck their yum. It just seems slightly out of place for the movie that it's presented. <laughs> Listen, like we said before, Jason is working through some stuff with his killing experience. <laughs> he's <laughs> so trying he's some really, new he's things. He's trying to spice some things up. So, you know. When Captain Dad discovers Ensign Jim's body, that, that harpoon has mysteriously migrated northward. <laughs> 
uh, quite a ways. <laughs> the two shots do not match up in any way, shape, or form. Again, the makeup department has not gotten the message <laughs> that this is supposed to be placed firmly in Ensign Jim's bum. <laughs> uh, but nope. Uh, and while Captain Dad is distracted, uh, Jason wheels around behind him and slices his throat with the... Uh, actually, this time it is the right side of the machete. No, nope, it's the wrong, wrong side, side of the machete. machete. Yep. Uh, wrong he side of the fucking machete. He powers through with brute strength, yep. though. <laughs> but, but this is a very finite cut. Again, if is this is a... Is it possible that he has a lefty machete? But machetes are not two-bladed <laughs> items. They, they do not cut both ways. They are honed to a single direction. And so when you wipe the dull side up against someone's throat, it does not result in a cut uh, art- arteral uh, flow mm. or uh, slicing through the windpipe. It's, uh, Jesus. <laughs> it's a terrible death. Uh, goodbye, Ensign Jim. And your 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 toddler child who will never really know you. That is just why do I have to think about this? So thing? thanks a lot, part eight. Sammy, I know you want to talk about yes. like, your favorite part of this. Yes. So because <laughs> we discussed this at length last night. Um. So after Ensign Jim reveals that he has a 19 month old son, uh, the mm-hmm. admiral Admiral Captain Dad looks at him and says, "One piece of advice." Don't push him too hard. First of all, he's, he's a fucking a infant. <laughs> it just made me see like this entire like, oh, oh, so you're going to crawl before you walk? Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Great. Spectacular plan, Sean. Just skip that. Yeah. Way to go, Sean. All right. You want to go to preschool? You think you're a big man now? Now that you know your colors? Fine. I didn't know my colors, and now I'm the captain of a ship. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and even Jim kind of, like, looks at him like, what the fuck? He's a baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the look Jim gives him, you know, to, to the movie's credit, it's kind of like, is not inspired or like, oh, let me take that advice. He's like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, All right. Cool. It might be the most self-aware moment of the entire movie, and it's really good. Aye, aye, dumbass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> oh man, this movie is terrible. Uh, and so, believe it or not, uh, we have reached the other side of our journey, at least for this part of Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. Jason takes Manhattan. Uh, a quick update: we have not reached Manhattan. Nope. <laughs> um, and as a result, it is time for America's uh, least discussed. Uh, uh, game show and that is choose your own death adventure we are going to decide of the deaths presented in our section of the movie for this uh, particular podcast if we were forced to die in that manner what would we choose and why and so Sammy I choose you to go first what say you okay well I thought a long time about this but I think I think I'm going to go with the um, hot rock in a sauna um, for many reasons. One, he has a towel over his face and he doesn't see Jason coming. Uh, two, uh, he's relaxed. He's, you know, loosen up. And everybody <laughs> yeah. knows that when you're relaxed, like, you know, injuries are not 
as severe. It's <laughs> <Cause>, like <laughs> things hurt less when you relax because yeah, this is science. Because like flexed muscles hurt more or whatever. I don't know. He's he's chilling. He's having a good. He's he's you know bouncing back from from losing. So I I can just see you know just. Hanging out, relaxing, and then all of a sudden there's a rock on fire in my stomach. You know, not the worst way to go out of things presented. I'm, you know, although I do have a weird fear of dying naked. And (laughs) that part does, you know, make me uncomfortable. But I think I could handle the rest of it. This is sound reasoning. Um, You also have to participate in a boxing match before this happens. (laughs) That's, That's fine. I could see it. Okay. I could see that happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, listen, you're prepared to brawl. That's yeah. uh, I wouldn't put it past you. You're you're a tough cookie. Okay, Bo, uh, what say you? Uh, well, I'm just gonna. I, I there's really no choice for me. I I want to go out like JJ. Mm. I want to go out rocking. I want to go out looking my fucking best, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. JJ did. I want to go out with maximum rouge. With hot pink, pleather, all of it, the amazing hair. Like, yeah, she died, and she was scared in those last few minutes. But damn, she looks so good. True. Mm-hmm. Well, you you lived fast, and you left a good-looking exactly. corpse. Uh, that's, that's the way to go. Uh, now, you're going to have to die in a boiler room. Well, I mean, I figured that's going to happen either way. So, (laughs) (laughs) that is the trajectory that my life has been on from Jump Street. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, All right. Well, I guess that leaves me. And if I had to go in one of these ways, I think I'm going to choose tomorrow's death. Not so much because I enjoy the cowering element of it, but just so that I would be clean. Mm. And uh, a good head stab will take you out pretty fast. True. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with head stab. That's uh, you know, granted, and plus I'll be super high on cocaine. Yeah, that's true. That's the best. I might not feel anything. Yeah, yeah. that's oh. the way to go. Listen, I mean, think about it. She is tweaked out of her mind on blow, and yet she's able to do all that self-art on her body. Yeah. And she was very focused. Maybe that helped her out. Who's to say? Oh, Tamara. What are we going to do without you? Apparently the rest of the movie. Uh, that's it for this particular edition of uh, Friday the 13th Part 8. But before we go, we want to hear uh, from both you, Sammy and Bo, about where people can find out about you and your podcast. Uh, where can they do it? Uh, well, we have a Facebook page. Uh, it's excessively diverted. Uh, look us up there. We have links to all of our shows. And, uh, you know, you can find our feed there. It's just uh, we've gotten into some pretty silly episodes lately (laughs) but if you're really into like you want to see the bad movie aspect of it i mean you can go back we have an we have another episode coming out um this coming monday which let me see sorry the date is uh the 23rd about uh a Mormonized series based on uh, what if all of Jane Austen's characters were friends that lived in Salt Lake City 
and we're Mormon and also super fucking unpleasant. So that's our next episode. And it's just a lot of yelling. Yeah. And we, we uh, consumed some alcohol while watching this. So you had to, uh, I don't know how that, how that episode's going to be, but we had a lot of fun (laughs) making it. uh, Did we, I I would say we had more fun making, watching this movie. Yeah, we did. We did. (laughs) For sure. But, um, but yeah, excessively diverted. So, fun it's a fun show you don't have to be super familiar with austin's works to enjoy it right Um, yeah Uh, but we are on itunes and we're on stitcher as well yep excellent Uh, check it out people it's excessively diverted find it wherever you grab podcasts from and rate and review them as well hey speaking of that if you want to spread the word of kill by kill farther if you like the show Please rate and review us on iTunes. If you give us a five-star review, please uh, let us know what your favorite uh, kill is in all of the Friday the 13th series. If you do that, we will read it here on the air. That is our pledge to you, the constant listener. You can also find us on Twitter at KillByKillPod. Have something longer than 140 slash 280 characters to tell us. Email us at KillByKillPod at gmail.com. Also, Instagram kill by kill podcast uh, that will do it for today but don't worry the body count continues we have something special happening on Halloween for all of you killers yeah, that's right all aboard terror train <laughs> is on its way to you the exploitation classic uh, which is actually a better movie than I remembered it so it's nice to actually hit a solid film on this show it's not the godfather 2 but it's, it's reasonably good uh, so please join us for that uh, as always thank you so much for your patronage and so for myself and Bo and Sammy uh, and the and Gina, who will be back next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Kill by Kills produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.